This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! Hey, let's talk about you, the ID10T community events at ID10T.com, like Russ Stevens, a.k.a. Cool Movies Darth, who has started a podcast called 90 for Chill, uh, which Russ says is dedicated to movies with a runtime between 74 and 99 minutes, the time frame that I feel is ideal. Russ, I could not agree with you more. That is a fantastic idea. Uh, Russ goes on to say, there are times you need a cinematic fix but don't have time for the latest Scorsese masterpiece or offering from a comic book universe. There's also times when you know you need a conclusion to prevent a binge costing you a whole night. Um, my guests and I try to follow these guidelines as we chat up features that are definitely worth your time and are beyond easy to make time for. 90 for Chill, the podcast, can be found on all major podcast platforms at 94chill.com and that's spelling out 90 uh, N-I-N-E-T-Y 4-F-O-R chill um, so there you go thank you so much for sharing Russ a uh, really great idea for a podcast events at id10t.com for everyone else little hands says it's time to rock and roll bring the noise thank you for checking out 90 for chill the podcast with Cat Bus Russ this is your host Cat Bus Russ and for Veterans Day I decided it was time to try getting the band back together to discuss 2017's experience that is Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. I have Sam Marsh on the podcast this week. You may remember him from our Men in Black episode. And this is really a discussion of, you know, I would say how important being cinematic is and if that's honestly the philosophy you should go with i'm more of a story subtle guy you know tarantino didn't go huge with direction i'd say until kill bill that kind of thing so is the cinematic experience essential for everything or just a few things so that'll be the primary angle of the discussion and i hope you enjoy The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. from this sun. We have a job to do. If we go there, we'll die.
distinctly see it from here. What? Home. don't make it as easy as it was on zoom at one point like you had a red button you know i guess for incrimination yeah, purpose right i guess for incrimination purposes they just know that n- you the old rule never hit the red button so <laughs> sure. uh, all right well this is 90 for chill the podcast with cat bust russ and this i guess would be our uh veterans day episode um I meant to do this film a while back, some miscommunications, but uh, yeah, I guess they got to really work on that on Mastodon to create a better uh, chat feature, but I digress there. So we are going to tackle Dunkirk from 2017, I believe. Uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, follow-up, I guess you'd say, to Interstellar. And uh, with me uh, to go on this journey is Sam Marsh, who you may remember from our Men in Black episode. So this is a gentleman who knows spectacle, I suppose. Familiar with it at the very least. Hi. So anything new in your life, Sam? Um, Because it really wasn't that long ago that we did Men in Black. Yeah, it was a couple months ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, not really. Uh, same old, same old. Uh, just working. I might have a, I might have a creative effort. I'm, I'm getting into. I don't know if it would be something I'd want to promote on on a podcast like this. But if we, if we do another one, I might have something to to plug at that point. But this time, it's just going to be just hanging out, just talking. All right. Oh, very cool. We all good. I mean, I'm I'm a guy who grew up in a town of four strip clubs, so I appreciate a good tease. Uh, so, <laughs> sure. All right. So let me uh, hit play on the movie to try to give us an idea. So this is a movie. Well, I don't know. Uh, I would say with the uh, Christopher Nolan, he's uh, oh, he had quite a stretch for me. I guess I did not see the Prestige. Uh, I think that was just bad timing or everybody was uh trying to uh time things correctly i suppose because you had the uh illusionist come out not too far after uh yeah that was a weird kind of it happens a lot those copycat sort of movies Um, right and i think that was one of them yeah i mean 98 was a big year for that with deep impact and armageddon and then you had Mm. ants in a bug life (laughs) so Yeah, so Christopher Nolan. Uh, I mean, I was a, I don't know. I go back and I don't really see too many of his movies in theater. I'm gonna be honest, and he'd probably tell me that's I'm a not a good. He's a, well, he's a pretty big cinematic director for sure, right? And that's kind of my, I guess my, uh, kind of a uh, thing I have that I'm not too, uh, not a fan of, especially when it was. He was very much about, oh, you have to see Tenet in theaters. And uh, wow. I know uh, that just didn't seem like if I kind of knew what the movie was going to be, that'd be different. But um, yeah, 
Tenet, I think, was I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's one of his weaker movies. Um, right, like the Dark Knight stuff was pretty good for pretty good theater movie. Um, I mean, Inception, I, I honestly haven't seen that that one either. I, I need to see that one. Everyone has. Uh, um, oh, I, I just well. He does back up his statements, uh, definitely at times. Uh, I would say Inception is something I wish I would have seen in theaters. Um, yeah, but I wasn't a I, I was not a fan of The Dark Knight. I'm not saying uh, Heath Ledger wasn't excellent in it. I'm just saying mm. that uh, you know it really one of those classic like you don't know what you're. I guess it's just a curse of Batman where you don't where the director doesn't know what the what Batman is. If you go back to uh Tim Burton, like with a Batman who smiles as he detonates bombs on people and such. Um Yeah, I, I guess both of them miss missed the mark on either side. Um Right. Yeah, so like no meta human concepts at all. It kind of like and he just wasted, yeah. and and the Dark Knight just wasted Harvey Dent. So like, eh, we're not I, I have a specific, you. I have a very specific bone to pick with Harvey Dent and in that movie, which is like, his face is too realistically smacked up. Like you wouldn't be able to live like that. Your like your mouth would dry out. And like uh, yeah, like there's so much like exposed flesh inside of his face. It's ridiculous. Well, that is ridiculous, but uh, I would say that my bigger concern is just the fact that he only gets probably less than oh, 10 yeah. minutes once he becomes Two-Face, and then it's like... Yeah, uh, is that too? And it the movie's a little long. I don't think we needed the Hong Kong trip, so... But, you know, look at yeah. me cursing movies that are too long, again, with the premise nah. of 90 for chill. Um, well, it's nice to do it, I suppose. And he's not that great, like, he i can't say he was ever a great action director like he knows how mm. up uh, up until the dark knight he knows how to uh frame it but he doesn't really i would say not until uh dunkirk can i say that well no there's i'm sorry inception there's some great set pieces but it's a lot of it's more surreal like when you think about inception everybody talks about the hallway fight and yeah and then it's kind of like, well, everything else is kind of just there. So he's not a, I don't think he's a great action director. I'd say, and we'll have to, we're going to talk about Dunkirk. So we'll figure that out. Uh, Interstellar, I didn't get around to seeing. It just seemed like way too much stuff. And then I guess maybe I just didn't care for the lead roles. Like, I, I don't need Matthew McConaughey talking about space, I need him talking about surfing. I suppose so miscast. I didn't get out to see it. <laughs> hey, maybe watch Beach Bum. That's a pretty okay movie. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking so, about. It's a, it's, it's pretty much just that. It's just him just being. Yeah. A beach oh yeah, bum. I'm. Kind of yeah, I'm familiar with that movie. Oh, there's another movie I got to get around to seeing. Uh, Killer Joe, um, which just that's familiar. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's just uh, him is a. I think a hitman, and it's just very. I guess it's supposedly very graphic. I mean, but um, I mean, I guess that one kind of came around the same time of killing me, killing them softly. Um, so just in that killing them softly is a highly regarded movie now, but it was an F on the on the uh, audience score. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Dunkirk. I really came across because, uh of the rewatchables podcast with um, 
on the Ringer Network, uh, hosted by Bill Simmons, primarily the guy who created the Ringer. Uh, they had Tarantino okay. on for th- three episodes, and he picked three movies. Uh, none of them his, because okay. that's Tarantino. He loves to talk about everybody else's stuff. Like, there's no commentary tracks for his movies. And I think, uh, I can't remember what director called him out on it, like, during one of the commentaries they were filming. Probably Eli Roth. Like, hey, why don't you like doing mm-hmm. commentary tracks? <laughs> so, uh, actual yeah. cell phone. A cell phone call during a commentary track. Uh, hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of like, well, I guess I got to see Dunkirk then. And then. Uh, so Tarantino uh, talked about Dunkirk on that one of those episodes yeah, you mentioned. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's what I'm what I'm saying. So I can't remember the other two. So and. uh I guess you could say what you'd like about uh, Tarantino's direction. I don't think he really became a great director until, well, you see hints of it in Kill Bill Volume 2, um, but I wouldn't say Till Glorious Bastards. So hmm. otherwise, I mean, great, great screenwriter. I, yeah. Pro- probably the uh, best of the generation, but. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't quite know how to pick them apart. I, I like Pulp Fiction a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't find any faults in the direction there um personally but i'm I'm no expert well Um, he's it well i mean he didn't like there were no challenges i guess to his uh to the scripts he wrote when it came to composing action sequences Hmm. so um and once you get to kill bill where you have the crazy 88 fight like that's where you kind of uh, a lot of it for Tarantino, and I think he'd even acknowledge it, is that he's uh, he impersonates a lot of styles. For sure. Um, he tends to kind of make pastiche uh, right. based on stuff that he likes. But to Tarantino's credit, he usually does films that nobody, well, foreign films that he rips off from. like uh, Yeah, older and films. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, rip off in the most... Uh, respectful sense but uh like uh the end of reservoir dogs is whipping ripping off john Woo's tendency to get the mm. mexican standoff in and nobody really did a mexican standoff in american cinema by that point um kill bill a yeah. lot of it, it a lot of it is uh lady snowblood a japanese uh revenge movie that yeah. he takes from so but yeah yeah so when it came when it comes to uh, Christopher Nolan, my favorite Christopher Nolan movie is Memento. Um, That's a good one. I, I like that one too. Yeah, and I saw his first feature, the fo- uh, feature following, which is this nice and simple. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. um, the first movie I saw from him was Insomnia, uh, two thousand one, the remake of the Swedish film, mm. and. You know that's fine. It, it, that's a fine movie, but nothing spectacular. You know the main thing is Robin Williams and uh, Al Pacino acting against character, uh, and Hilary Swank trying to become box office after her Oscar win. Um, hmm. but nothing, nothing to real, nothing that's you're not really gonna miss anything if you skip Insomnia. Um, yeah. It hadn't so, occurred to me before because right after that was Batman Begins in two thousand five. Right, I didn't quite and, realize how much of a breakout that was for him. 
yeah oh commercially i mean yeah. memento i mean obviously memento made him the hot director but he didn't True. really get he didn't really get any projects of his own i guess you'd say mm. uh as i say until the prestige I thought memento I was his. didn't you write that oh too? yeah yeah he wrote yeah so his memento brother. was his was his breakout and then it was basically okay hollywood wants you and then they they didn't really give him anything until uh the prestige is what i'm saying like insomnia oh you're gonna remake a swedish movie batman begins you know don't screw up the don't screw up this comic book movie and then uh prestige which um i mean there's so much stuff i really need to see that movie i mean as a guy with a David Bowie tattoo, I better mm-hmm. get around to it. You haven't seen it at all, the Prestige. No, I, I've seen like the beginning. I think it was more or less my ex girlfriend wasn't really getting into it when we started watching it. So, yeah, yeah, one of those things. It's a, it's a little slow. I think I, I liked it though. I've seen it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Bowie's in it playing Tesla, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman both very strong leads. Some, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, with Dunkirk, um, I didn't really plan to go see it because, you know, I'm kind of, I don't re- really want to say passive or like, I can't really say I'm that passive. I'm a professional wrestler, underemployed, but, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you throw me a payday, I'll I'll be there. I got tights in my trunks at all times, to- uh, in my car trunk at all times. Uh, but, right. Right. Um, but so, yeah, and going through my iTunes is just how I purchased Dunkirk when it got down like eight bucks at one point. Oh, I got to do that. Uh, so it'll yeah. probably be cheap, probably be cheap this week with it, with it being veterans day, not to discredit veterans, I guess, but, uh, uh I think it's still eight bucks cheap. actually. Oh, okay. earlier. Like, eight bucks isn't right. bad though for a feature. Uh, oh yeah. 4K. No, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, so I don't really know. I guess I was just looking killing time and i ended up finally watching this movie you know years after i purchased it which that's yeah. uh uh I mean, at least at it's, least digital um, movies are cheap uh i own so many video games i haven't gotten around to playing it's that's mm-hmm. an entirely yeah. different mess so this one it's it's certainly less action-packed than you know the batman trilogy and, and other things even um certainly inception and maybe even the prestige kind of uh, well, no, it, that was not very action packed either. Well, it's, I was gonna it, say like it's still a good theater movie because it, it, there's so much like music kind of ratcheting up tension in, well, in so many scenes. You see, my thing is, I wouldn't say it's the the music. I'm just saying this is an experience. Like it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be uh, grandiose action. Like this is one I really wish I did see in theaters. Um, as I say, I just didn't like. I'm not a big fan of like watching war movies gotcha. just because. I think we're glamorizing it uh, in a sense, like, oh yeah, let's let's uh, yeah, this keep that continuously. Time. No, it is not, but I mean, in in the eighties was a good decade because we're bouncing off Vietnam, a war, you know, a war that we lost. But when you go back to World War II, the uh, greatest generation bollocks and what have you, like this was the last great. I mean. Hate to say it, World War II is the last great war. The only war I could say was justifiable, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had a genuinely evil guy in Hitler. Oh yeah, and he was the making it every, ever. 
Right. He was making it everybody's business. Uh, you know, yeah, you're going to have to fight Certainly. this guy. It's not it's not a, uh, you know, a group of, you know, Saudi terrorists based in Afghanistan. And then it's like, well, there's no country to fight. So or mm-hmm. uh, Ku- Kuwait, which I, I think was a good decision, but it was about, you know, liberating Kuwait. And then we left Saddam Hussein. Um. So it wasn't ri- so it ends up being an oil war. Same thing with the second Iraq war. Not to, to uh, sorry, I'm going on a rant <laughs> again. Veterans Day and uh, I, but... I will admit I, I am not a history buff, uh, so I, I uh, can't really weigh in on that type of thing. I was hoping for the other guests to show up and be able to carry right. that better than yes. I can because he was oh, a little no, more John... passionate about this movie, right? Uh, well, John is a his was a a history major and he's mm-hmm. also he's also a veteran so um so it'd be right. right he had a lot of uh a lot of stuff to offer um we will get back i i talked to a you know talking to him it's like okay we'll get we'll get to a war movie marathon oh there's, uh, there's plenty a, of them yeah <laughs> yeah and this is a this is a it, it's interesting though the uh dynamic with veterans like um my last episode I recorded was uh, last weekend with Andrew mm-hmm. TD, uh, Couchman Bakes. Um, great TikTok if you're for, for stoners and stuff. But he he served, I, I don't recall how long. And we were, we got into a discussion about, you know, uh, how I was, you know, you know, I was in college when the trade centers got hit. And it's like, oh. You know, we declare war in two days. I'll be like my grandfather and uh, grandfathers, I suppose. That might be giving my mom's deadbeat dad a lot more credit. But regardless, it's like I would have enlisted like that's my duty. But, you know, we took a month to lick our wounds. And then again, there wasn't really an enemy. (laughs) I mean, right. Nothing that couldn't be solved with some drone strikes. But Hmm. uh um but he uh, you know i brought uh, you know i invited him invited andrew hey you want to come on and it's like yeah no war is a little too real for him so it's kind of interesting uh and my dad's kind of the same way well, he doesn't and, like doing war movies right right my dad's yeah. kind of the same same way i can't get him to watch anything violent <laughs> well he'll watch yeah. Professional. Eh, fair enough yeah, yeah yeah so i love the, you know the dynamics of people and uh how people take stuff i mean that could be a yeah. podcast on its own um i think about that a lot I'd like i think if what if i experienced some real violence would i be as okay like uh watching things and like playing games that, that have this stuff probably not it's, it's such an odd thing to pursue it and, and then unless you see the real thing and then let's right keen to experience that mm-hmm. um so yeah i haven't even really gotten around to my notes um <laughs> yeah but uh yeah but it's a. Uh... But what I what I was getting at is Dunkirk, and my dad did see Dunkirk in theater. So I think my mom actually, uh, mm. my mom's just a big Anglophile. Uh, she recently just got got back from Elon a couple weekends uh, weekends ago. So mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of up her alley, anyhow. Um, but um, yeah, it's a it's uh, very English. Oh yes, definitely. But it's a. Uh, I mean, this is a. It doesn't have to be an action movie because the, Nolan masterfully masterfully uh, captures the 
experience. So yeah. it's not about the timelines as he does. Right. Well, and we'll get there. Um, but it's like, uh, it's not about action. It's just about the story. Uh, and right. you get some, you get some intense sequences, um, right now, nothing too intense. Yeah. Uh, in my peripheral, we did have the bombing of the beach, but otherwise we're, yeah, it's very sparse. You, know, you get shot right, out a little bit at the beginning, bomb beach. There's a little bit of dog fighting, a little bit of shooting, right. later, but it's pretty, pretty light. I do appreciate the Michael Cade cameo as one of the pilots mm-hmm. actually. Fortis leader. Uh, right. And um, I, you know, I'm a big mark for Tom Hardy. I think he's, he makes decisions. He, he, he's a, he makes decisions with the, with every performance. Always fun when Uh, he gets to wow, wow out a little bit. Um, Right. Less so in this more so in Bronson and Venom. Um, Yes, precisely. Fun performances. Uh, Right. And uh, actually Nolan hired him for Inception not based on Bronson, which he thought he was. It was based off uh, Rock and Rolla, the okay. Guy Ritchie movie. Oh yeah. well, it's an interesting. Uh, like it's it's a it's a that's a fun one. It kind of deals with degrees of toxic masculinity, but sure, uh, it's Har- present in a lot of Guy Ritchie. Uh... Right, but Tom Hardy is, uh, I think, uh, beautiful Bob. And his okay. the premise is the premise is guy uh he's gonna go to prison and like the night before he's gonna go, our lead I guess would be uh Gerard Butler is like mm-hmm. okay we're gonna have fun I got girls lined up and everything yeah and uh, we'll do whatever you like right uh, I don't want the girls you know I just want to hang out with you uh, and I think that's probably uh lessening it <laughs> lessening it but. You know, basically, you find he just Guy Ritchie. Oh uh, no, Gerard Butler just then finds out that Bobby is gay. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's yeah. like the awkward experience of like the guy. You know, you know, and then later on, the I didn't movie, realize the movie was about that. Oh no, it's it's not. It's a it's honestly a cluster muck of a story. But yeah, well, I, I didn't even know that was an element in that movie. I knew it was like Guy Ritchie. I knew. Uh, yeah, I think I knew that Gerard Cle- Butler was Cle- in it, but that's basically right. It. Right, your typical clever criminals, or sure. so-called clever criminals, just fumbling along, which is lock, stock, and snatch. Um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but Idris Erba is in that movie as well, and he's like, "Dude, what's a bit like? You didn't know." <laughs> so it's yeah. just a fun. There's a great comic element in that movie. Yeah, it is a fun movie. Um. So, all right, getting to the notes finally. So, iTunes, I th- classified this as an action movie. I think it's probably more drama, but yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly call it an action movie either. This is this is this isn't storming the storming Normandy. Yeah, no, it's not. Right. Uh, it's certainly more drama. I think that's a better classification. It doesn't f- perfectly fit in that box either, but um, it's a better fit. Um, yeah. Um. So I've got uh, one of those things like no, it, like a great decision of not really having opening credits. Like you got the uh, just basically emphasizing that this is going to be an experience, not a mm-hmm. like you like it. Ca- I think you know. No, I have not been in a this kind of scenario, but 
I think it's more about like this is what it would be like and not the glory of it. Yeah. And and I think that's the kind of stuff Nolan really needs to focus on, I guess, when it comes to the being theatric, you know, it's like all right, because I'm not like I'm I'm a fan more of the screenwriters, I suppose, being the aspiring screenwriter. Um like the script, the story. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like, I don't, I get out to the movie theaters more than, uh, like I was there, like September was an exciting month, but it's more just for my, um, uh, genre cinema expendables, um, saw X the next week. Uh, I, yeah. I know it's, you know, just supporting, yeah, supporting, but it's not like, eh, I've only seen like the last like three of the four last Saw movies in theaters. So, well, four of the last five. But that tells you I didn't see any of them before that in theaters. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's just more me being nerdy, I suppose, than it is like cinema with a capital C. Um, sure. So I guess the only fault I'd say with the opening is did we need the explanation of the premise typed out? This this isn't Highlander where it's like uh, I think it, I think one. it helped to establish that context of like here's you know they're trapped they're, they're it's a desperate situation and they're waiting for a rescue and then it um then it goes into the the structure I think the first few scenes kind of jump between the different viewpoints of uh, the first ones was the mole which is one week out from rescue then we get to the, right you know these guys on the boat the sea which is one day out and then the yeah. Tom Hardy the air, in the, the, the air one hour out yeah. essentially right so I think it was uh, good I, to kind of establish all of that context like we're tracking three timelines here well um, that that con- that con- that context works I'm just saying it's kind of like oh I mean but from a history standpoint this is something we should all well I don't know as an American well, uh, so but... I, again I'm I am not a history buff I, I okay. one of my worst subjects in school so I really didn't know anything about uh the situation before even after i saw it the first time i didn't quite understand everything i don't think just i'm, I'm just kind of a dummy when it comes to history but oh, now no, having no. watched it a few times you know getting ready to, to talk about it um i have a greater appreciation for it so it's it's there for people like me uh okay uh, all right as i say when i think of that stuff i think science fiction and as i say highlander yeah. it's like a, you know so I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a star wars text crawl it was a you know, well no a few but sentences, i think right but it, then i but when i see a few sentences that's more of sean connery narrating the text ahead of highlander yeah. um again showing my nerd off there um yeah. so i mean I did have a note that the story, I guess, kind of falls apart uh, on a little bit of rewatches because you just start nitpicking stuff, of course. Like, um, like Frenchie is not a surprise by, you know, after a first watch. So, yeah. Uh, well, the movie's pretty quiet. I think the first time through, the, everyone's pretty quiet. So it's not that weird that he's not talking. And then it, mm. the scene where it becomes it's pointed out as odd where maybe you first realize it is in that smaller boat later on and then shortly after it's revealed oh he's french um, yeah so i yeah i i like that fine even on rewatches okay um i mean it's it's 
it's a movie that should be watched. So I mean, you know, share it with your friends and see their expl you know, their ex- surprise, I suppose, when yeah. we find out that I uh, even appreciate it a little more second time because yeah. you know that he's kind of trying to hide that. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't uh I guess um we got our civilian characters. Uh they're the uh what the one day out correct mm-hmm. um yeah so my mom yeah, my mom Lance. right that which is probably the reason mom saw the movie i shouldn't say her english history there she just uh she'll go to I mean, she's got quite the uh checklist of people she's seen on the west side in london uh i mean recently mm-hmm. she just saw ian mckellen perform a play uh her trip before that was Eddie Izzard playing doing a one person show uh in regards to great expectations. Uh which is something I thought, man, maybe I should see or maybe I should go see the Book of Mormon. <laughs> so, sure. so uh, she's Book a fan of, of Mark Rylance? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, she she was, and then the politics come into play. Like okay. uh I'm unfamiliar. Well, did, did he come out and say something or well, she's a she's very conservative, so mm. and like she'll mock Brian Cox for being the narrator in McDonald's commercials while he's asking the British government to provide more money for uh, the arts in in uh, the UK. Like, oh, you'll take money, but you won't give it to the arts. And it's like, um, I mean, for me, it's kind of like. Does. Well, he, I'm sure he does, but is he living comfortably, I guess? And, um, that's kind of something my mom has just against the, like, oh, you're living comfortably. Why don't you give all your money to that? It's like, well, cause yeah. every, everybody should be helping everybody. Like, yeah. I kind of, I kind of appreciate how, uh, European sports operate in the sense that if you're, uh, Basically, you got till you're 14 years old to see if you're a good footballer. And if you're not, you better take up acting <laughs> if you want to be an <laughs> entertainer. So sure. and I really, really wish we would uh, adapt a lot of that stuff in America. I mean, I say that as I, you know, did a ridiculous. I'm getting old, I guess is what I'm saying, but did a ridiculous like, well, I won't get a chance to see my parents, uh, you know, to visit my parents and check on my mom after she got back from England. Uh, you know, we're looking like at two, three weeks ahead. So it's like uh, when they're only a hour and a half away, it's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to go see a uh, minor league hockey game. Mm-hmm. And which I love. I love it just because of the. Just just because of the passion expressed by the players, but it's kind of like. Okay, this is um three leagues away from the NHL. You guy and uh you guys probably have a crap per diem. Uh, it's sure. like maybe you should have studied just just saying. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um and I shouldn't necessarily say that cuz oh yeah, but again, pro wrestler trunk full of trunk full of tights. <laughs> Um, you know, not not letting yeah. go of my glory days, dare I say. But I mean, it just comes yeah, to a point where it just comes it just me come... a little bit. We've wandered pretty far from the from okay. The yeah, topic no, here. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Uh, more of just a 
we're on a rant about uh, Mark Rylance that uh, being somebody like, oh, we got to invest in the arts and yeah, you know, being an American where we don't put any money into the arts essentially <laughs> because we keep telling yeah. kids that sports is the way to be a success. That was the rant. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, right. some of that was in your head, I think, and not said out loud. Uh, but I see the connection now. Um, yeah. Let me, yeah. No, right. Yeah, no, I can. I'm pretty good at usually drawing lines back. How did I get to this? <laughs> but that's what podcast. Oh, just talking about is. Mark Ryland. That's what we're talking about the, uh, yeah. the citizens on the boat. Right, exactly. Like, responding uh, to the call. Right. Uh, I don't know. Barry Keegan is kind of an actor that annoys me. And it's not his fault, it's just the characters he gets. Um, yeah. He was an actual shit in the Green Knight, but he was good in this. Uh, which movie did you say he was a? Uh... The The Green Knight. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Uh, I was thinking more of back to um, the killing of a sacred deer. That one uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen much of his stuff. Mostly oh, yeah, this no. Green Knight and um, the Eternals is what I've seen him in. And I haven't seen the Eternals. Um, I I heard I like uh, <laughs> well, oh you know, conflicting opinions. Uh, my uh. uh Couchman uh, Andrew Tidi was saying, "Yeah, that's that's one uh, to see. Uh, should have worked better as a series, but that that was his opinion. Yeah, that's why the, I, I agree with that, and that's why the movie didn't work as well for me. Um, okay, that's again different subjects. <laughs> You're right, right. Maybe we should get the three of us uh, on and talk about Marvel movies at some point. Oh, I'm working towards that. As I, I don't know. Now that I'm planning on moving the podcast to Wednesdays, it's kind of like, well, it was fun to have the Marvel see you next, the MCU next Tuesday joke. Um, <laughs> but sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess my problem with Very the civilians, you're right. My civilian stories is like, uh, I, I, I appreciate Mark Rylands and his son in it. I think their, mm. their, their story is pretty, but it's like, basically you know this movie essentially has um i don't i can't give you the number on the uh british forces lost but we know they save four hundred thousand essentially yeah to, uh, they say three hundred thousand at the end but i think that there were more right some french right exactly so i'm just saying it's kind of like how many did we lose? It's like, okay, we we already had martyrs. Did, you know, so it's like, well, we just basically have Killian Murphy knock uh, Barry Keegan down some stairs. It's like, um, did we need the civilian martyr, especially when uh, Mark Rylands and his son, you know, lost uh, another son and a brother, essentially, um, as they describe... Uh- yeah, I think I think what it was doing was telling a you know a couple of different. It's sort of a microcosm of 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 the war, right? Um, hmm. So Barry Keegan was just a kid that hadn't done much and wanted to help out. That's the whole reason he jumped right. on the boat. Because uh, I was wondering about that myself. I was like, why did George get on the boat? And then he kind of talks later about how he never did anything. Um, yeah, and felt bad about it. So he jumps on the boat to to be helpful in this like important event. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the war and specifically, you know, getting soldiers from Dunkirk. Um, so, you know, I think it was kind of expressing that sentiment among the English people of, of wanting to help out um, alongside the other two civilians, of course. Uh, but, but George specifically um, was, I don't know, just, it's just a more human kind of very specific story. Um, and then 
Cillian Murphy was someone that had, you know, was shell shocked, was was traumatized, and mm-hmm. they, it was just sort of a tragic collision, I suppose, of those two characters. Um, right. Uh, and I guess I guess it does emphasize that everybody sacrificed for um, the uh, British cause. But I think it's kind of like when we get to the ending when so spoiler alert, they mm-hmm. get off, they get away from Dunkirk. They survive the Battle of Britain. America gets involved. Bye bye, Jerry. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, it ends, I mean, the the ending is brilliant, just, you know, reading the Churchill speech, you know, we'll never surrender. <laughs> but, um... It, uh, that wasn't in this, was it? I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, no, it was in the newspaper. It was in the newspaper. Right, sorry. exactly. Sorry, yeah. I, I spaced. Yeah. Right, um, which is, is a great, great expression of, um, you know, this is, like, um, I've, um, watch a lot of you know well i watch a lot of sport back back when i had cable you know which mm-hmm. it's like uh i watched a lot of sports talking heads and you hear the hear the concept there's no such thing as a moral victory you're winner or you lose and um okay you know, i guess that's true in sports <laughs> right Certainly. well not necessarily i mean it's about uh again I'd I'd say being the professional wrestler, it's the storytelling element. It's like, right? If uh, well, it's more of an element in, in wrestling, right? Uh, the well, that ne- well, that's true. But it's like, all right, if you get um, if a team gets frequently beat it uh, beaten down by another team um, uh-huh. during the season, um, you know, you gotta, you know, you the that's a thing about at least with baseball is you play a team multiple times. Mm. You get to know, you get to know the opponent. Yeah. They've, um, yeah. Dare I say they've kicked your ass 75% of the time during the regular season, but then you get to the playoffs, you know, this, you know, your enemy essentially. Yeah. So, you know, you took your licks, but this is your chance. You know, did you learn from your, um, did you learn from your mistakes? So that, so there are moral victories, but it's uh, essentially with uh, Dunkirk, you have a bunch of soldiers who, yeah, they failed to kick the Germans' ass. Um, which I, I, I have to go back and uh, regards and watch, uh, read a little more history on this. It's like, so did the, uh, you know, I don't know if the I'll just say it. I don't know if the Brits were like, okay, so the Germans are going to be coming from the north in uh, Belgium. And obviously they're going to be coming from the uh, the eastern border with France. Now, that's a lot of space to lose, essentially. So, yeah. And then you're yeah, you, mean, like, you want to look into like, the specific tactics of it. Of, of right. Yeah. How you, how you, how you, how you, right. How you, yeah. How you end up cornered in uh on the uh just across the you know let's see i i'd say when i was in england uh 1999 graduation gift you know it's like um well it wasn't wasn't a grad eh, complicated stories rich people's stories (laughs) i suppose uh give all my my parents all the credit in the world for not raising me to be a 
act like a rich person. I just kind of yeah. like eh, could have come in handy <laughs> to know. Uh, if I'm you know in my single bed apartment. <laughs> mm. Uh, so it's uh, kind of um, in a sense, it's it's just basically like okay, we're over the channel trip. May have been like for me going not even going to Chicago. Uh, I live. In central Illinois, I can get to Chicago, St. Louis, Indianapolis, all in under three hours. So just to give you some scope. So how how small the channel really is, um, how small the channel mm-hmm. is, I suppose, is what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just. Uh, uh, but actually, like, it would be great to have uh, John being the history major on just because, again, the tactics element of it. Um and yeah. and there's so much there's so much stuff you know you just don't get time to explain like a day away why are there only three fighters coming across? Well, because they were conserving. They even say that at some point in the movie. Uh, yeah, but it, but it, only if having one destroyer at a time. Same with the planes. Yeah, but it's a it's a blink and you miss it scenario. And yeah, then you I mean, come just... and then you then again you come back to the end where you know are. Uh, uh, Air Force agents out of his flight fatigue, you know, his uh, flight suit, and you got uh, yeah, British servicemen. Where the hell were you? Right. So, um, yeah, because to I them mean, they weren't around. Like it's from their perspective, right. they just kind of abandoned them. But it was truly exactly. The, the, the no, you're you're there. right. You're playing a long game, and the entire ending where you have the guy acting. So I I kind of. It's tough to get the actors straight when you you know Harry Styles in the movie, obviously. But yeah, Harry Styles, Finn Whitehead is the English guy. We're all from the beginning. Uh, the French okay. guy, I don't, I don't know him. Yeah, um, there was that's... also I, I want to rewind a little bit because you mentioned the um, the line about conserving planes and boats. Uh, it's interesting. Nolan added Kenneth Branagh and, uh, and James James Darcy. Is that his name? You're right. Um, yeah, yeah they played uh, Jarvis and the Agent Carter show right um they were kind of there as kind of a greek chorus to add details like that um it's right keep cutting back to them on the pier and on the mole mm. um i think the actor kind of bit of structure to it yeah i think the actor i'm thinking of is um tom glenn Car- uh cardi he's the guy who's just all depressed when they finally get back home oh he's the son he's he's uh yeah oh no he's Mark the son Ryan's okay son all right, all right, good. You're. Oh, you mean the the other pilot? Uh, oh, not the other pilot. Uh, the Collins. Uh, the uh, no, Collins is all right. I'm talking about the. Harry Styles uh, was the one that was sat on the train. Sat on the train. That's who him. I thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah, you got there just, eventually. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just thrown off by the who the. You know, I would say the main focus of is in the feature. I guess it'd be. Uh, Fian Whitehead. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah okay. Finn. No, I'm gonna say Finn. Right. Finn. Yeah. Um, I I don't understand. Apologies, to Mr. Whitehead. Don't forget your name wrong. I'm sure right. he's listening. Oh no, I I I was calling uh, Killian Murphy Cillian for so long. Um, is it Killian? Yes, I know he's it is. Like Irish. Okay. They have right. Funny pronunciations yeah. Sometimes. Okay. No, the yeah. No, the. I hate the letter like. C in. I hate the letter C in general. So. Like, it's tricky sometimes. 
Um, like all, all, all it's all it's there for is to add. Like the only no sound it really makes that's important is this ch. Because mm-hmm. anything else you could anything else you can S replace it with a, yeah. And that, you're right, exactly. Like G, I have far more respect for. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, jumped ahead a little bit there because you jumped to the end talking about. Oh uh, right. Oh character. yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, what were you gonna say about that? He was, he was sad on the train because he thought that that you know Alding was gonna hate. Well, them we were we were discussing they, the they mor- the moral the moral victory element. It's like, mm, yeah, uh, and then yeah, I mean we're really jumping ahead, uh, but it's as I get, but again that's well, a statement. That's a statement about the movie is the experience element of it. Like you're living right. in it. That's that's the brilliance of the feature. Is yeah. You're you're there regardless of the three timelines. Uh, um, I mean they end up working out perfectly. Just again to tell you they all meet up at the end. Yeah, they they all meet up right. at the end. But I'm just saying you're there. Like, like keep everything in mind. You are here. Is what I love about mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, and I can't say, yeah, I say that, and I can't say a lot of movies can accomplish that. The the feeling of being there. Which is like goes back to ten, and it's like, dude, I don't think I'm going to buy. I I know in the trailer I see bullets going backwards, so yeah, I right. think I think you put me out of there. <laughs> yeah, a little so. maybe a little too heady. Whereas right, this is a lot exactly. of like tight shots on on people kind of living in this well, situation. And then and then uh, Nolan follows it up with Oppenheimer, which is all about reality. So. Yeah, um, that I mean, yeah. Yeah, I have not seen Oppenheimer. Thing. I've only I've only seen Barbie. I will get to Oppenheimer. <laughs> you didn't do the double feature. I did that. Um, no, I did. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, I I, I like really need to because I'm still yeah. Uh, well, I say I really need to because I still say Barbie's the smartest movie I've seen this year. It's pretty good. I'll tell you what's a better uh, double feature is Oppenheimer and then Doctor Strange Love. Um, those oh, are more oh. directly connected in a way that's that's yes. darkly fun. Well, um, oh, oh no, do, uh, that's uh, I don't. It's, well, I guess just being kind of being raised on British humor uh, again, going back to my mm-hmm. mom, and my mom, my older sister corrects me. No, Monty Python was on MTV, Russ, but it's like, um. Uh, my mom would basically say, "Well, if it's on public broadcasting, it's fine for my children." <laughs> so, I'm a okay. big red. I'm a big Red Dwarf fan. Um, you know, caught up with the, you know, space British humor just being dry and it's like matter of fact. And um, right, you connecting I'd to say that. to Doctor Strangelove being. Right, exactly. Dark. I mean, yes, exactly. It's like, well, just dry humor. Anything can be funny is essentially right, un- unless you're my uh, creative uh, writing teacher from my second <laughs> sit in JUCO, <laughs> who you told to me that de- yeah, told me death is never funny. It's like, <laughs> well, that was yeah, be- yeah. So I guess I could maybe see where they're coming from, but I don't know it. The, I mean the whole the whole theme of of Doctor Strangelove is kind of man creating technology that that then destroys him right 
and writ large it's 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 basically the end of the world at the end of that i've seen have you seen that yeah i've oh, seen but, no i've seen yeah. strange love plenty of time qualifies for the podcast <laughs> i'll say that much oh nice, nice. yeah no That's well a bit like again it's just kind of kind of goes back to kubrick is an expatriate was an expatriate so he mm. really again yeah. appreciates uh the english style of humor and it can be seen, I'd say, most of Kubrick's features, even. Just um, yeah. so it's uh, so it's just fun when I go back and like, oh, from Red Dwarf, spaced, um, Black Books, uh, all these British series, and then going back to then you uh, get you know, and then you bring it back and you think about your. Um, I think a lot of it may have just been my uh, literature focus focus in college. Uh, you realize, oh, it's just very dry you know anything any nothing's off limits if you're smart enough about it like that's a common discussion like you can't remake this movie today and it's like yes you can you just have to be very careful you know you just have to make sure you hit it out of the park you can't like it's it's tougher to make movies but if you do it right it's going to be far more satisfying yeah, yeah. Right. I think so. we uh we got there from talking about Oppenheimer. I, I don't know if you were saying anything yeah, about that. Right. Oh no, I was saying like I got to see Oppenheimer going on Nolan being so great and nailing this experience, and then you know his next movie was Tenet, and yeah, nobody's going to relate to the experience. And then you go to Oppenheimer where it's history and the most important history of the 20th century, dare I say since yeah we you know and hell um you know we're still living with a guy with a with a crazy person in russia who still has bombs so uh no i wouldn't call i wouldn't i wouldn't call putin crazy not (laughs) well Mm, wouldn't i wouldn't offer i wouldn't offer him many insults like misguided maybe but just because just 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 in case there's I, I live in a college town who knows there might be a russian sleeper agent <laughs> <laughs> sure uh i was gonna say about oppenheimer it's yeah it's history but it's also it's, it's a pretty personal perspective um kind of following uh the man himself uh and and, and getting into into his personal life a bit and how that right, impacted I... the you know making the bomb and, and and the fallout from that not to no pun intended but um all the the, it was what, the, what was it, what was it called the trials he went through after um, right he was a, him of being a communist a communist yeah so yeah, yeah precise yeah so i mean it's just something we so yeah no it's kind of it's kind of nuts like uh i guess when i'm thinking back on nolan's filmography as i say I had not seen the prestige but when i think of when I think of him trying to take those wild swings, um, I would say that Inception is the only one I'm there for. Um, mm. I would I would say Memento. I guess I'm just a. Well, I've dealt with quite a lot of head trauma in my my life. I've probably gotten at least mm. a score of concussions myself, and it's like, That's oh shoot, what right? But it's like, well, I mean, a lot of it a lot of the score element comes from the 
like oh yeah if you're if you feel your brain like you got the ringing in your ears no you've been concussed so you know looking back in my life oh I'm yeah like, oh great um or especially in my wrestling career like i took a lot of bumps on the top of my head so <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. did they feel funny yep uh, it's a concussion so okay uh but so i'm just saying with head trauma it's kind of like yeah I can kind of relate to uh to uh Leonard <laughs> yeah. trying to wonder if his mind is where it's at or not. Um and Interstellar I think kind of plays a lot not Interstellar, sorry, Inception kind of plays along with that since it's kind of like, well, what's reality? Um I don't know if you yeah. can say the same thing about Interstellar, which is science fit, you know, it is science fiction. And then uh, it's kind of like the anti-Martian when I, if I'm correct. <laughs> it, yeah, I guess a little, the Martian was, it was very, it certainly tried very hard to be realistic. And I think it was, was uh, praised for that aspect. Uh, Interstellar was a little more out there. Um, well, I, I bring the, I bring that up just because I thought the Martian, I thought Matt Damon's in Interstellar and it was basically like him sending out a false SOS to try getting saved or something. Or maybe it was a Matt Damon. Um, yeah. Matt Damon was in it and there was some, yeah. something like that, but it's been a while since I've seen that one. Right. Right. So it's hard for and, me to comment on again, it. Again, it comes down to enjoying short movies, I suppose. And this movie's not even a hundred minutes. That's a longer minutes. one, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, that's, eh, hour 46. It doesn't pass that by too much. Um, well, well, I'm just saying I wouldn't be talking about it if, you know, and that's just a weird thing about credits today. It's like, uh, you know, credits back in the day, long credits were like solely for animate hand-drawn animated movies. And hmm. now there's so many people working in CG, they get their credits at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, um, and so this, like, I'm, you know, watching this movie and it's like, all right, does the uh, narrative end at the before the 100 minute mark? And yes, it does. So yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that 90 for chill. The podcast uh, discredits everybody. <laughs> like, hmm. you know, I watch the credits of every movie. I'm there at the end of the, you know, in the movie theater oh, until, until it ends. Yeah. But it's like, uh, did I really need to sit through all those credits? So. No, you probably didn't sorry that much of it. right, but I'm just saying. Yeah, sorry that ninety for chill. The podcast discredits every single Korean animator yeah. who worked on Puss in Boots. <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of impossible to to absorb all of that. I yeah, I never really hang out in the theater watching the credits. Um, whenever I watch something at home, I usually am like enjoying the music enough that I'll just keep it rolling and like a Discord or something while while that well, plays. that's. Oh, that's what my uh, what happened at the dis during the Disney Renaissance with uh, starting with the Little Mermaid is like, oh no, we want to hear Under the Sea again. <laughs> yeah, I heard okay, the I want the songs. Yeah, I'm just saying, eh, I want to, I want to take a piss. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'll wait for you. Um, yeah. So it's, but it's honestly, this is uh, like my last note I've got is just like was this a German failure or a British victory? It's like, um, 
it was it was Germans winning the battle, uh, uh, but but the British getting enough people out to ultimately win the war. Because like you said, it was a moral victory for uh, the British, I think, because of but, how many they managed to get out and how many how many citizens they managed to to rally to help with that. And right, uh, I think that's a lot of what this is about is is um kind of pulling together in that way. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's like the Germans could have just bombed the beaches. They tried. Well, they, they it still seemed pretty random. Yeah, like, I mean, I, like, I I can't comment like, on, on the logistics and, and tactics there, uh, but right, they certainly tried. Just, I mean, you had them all in the beach by that point, like mm-hmm. not you know not to say shooting fish in a barrel, right? But they got some. It's also well, in, that, uh, in the opening scene, I think. Right? No, was... they they do the the they do the torpedo of the ship where uh, Killian Murphy, Frenchie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killian on. wasn't on that ship. I don't think. I think he was on another. Right? Or was he? No, he was on a lifeboat. On... They tried to swim to after. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying it's more or less like. I mean, I understand re- reserving resources, but. You have your enemy cornered. Yeah, like, I I would have considered probably bombing Britain by that point. Like, I mean, and if you watch enough YouTube videos about World War II, Hitler was an idiot. Sure. Never. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't mean to defend I, him as a tactician. Uh. <laughs> no, but uh, I would go back to say, um, actually, back to my trip to London uh, to England in '99. Uh, my, we visited, we did a trip up to uh, Windsor Castle and we passed through Oxford. So I got to see the campus there. And mm-hmm. the, the uh, tour guide was basically saying like, uh, Hitler loved Oxford, thought it was so beautiful. That's what, where he wanted to relocate. So he didn't bomb it. Sure. So, that I mean, that's sense. kind of, right. But I'm just saying that's the kind of arrogance, like, uh, I yeah, visited. I think you could win without that, I guess. Right. I visited, uh, you know, visited Paris, and people, you know, when you compare it to London, Paris is all uh, pretty much intact because, oh, the French stereotype, <laughs> dare I say? Um, yeah, they didn't like. Yeah. Oh shoot, we're not going to be able to beat the Germans. Let's just raise our hands. While... Oh, the the surrender kind of meme, right? Exactly. While in London, it's you get a lot of Victorian buildings still, and then you get this modern thing, and that they basically say, "Well, we're not going to tear anything down, but if it gets destroyed, yeah, we're going to we're going to uh, build something new." Build. And you're right. And with that said, London could look pretty tacky in that element, <laughs> like um. I yeah. don't know. Maybe it's again being a right. Well, and again, being a, a kid who's a Cubs fan, and you go up to Wrigleyville, and everything is at least until the new ownership got in there. It's like everything looks like old Chicago. You know what you would think uh, Chicago looked like, and dare I say, Prohibition era. <laughs> and now it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need all this gentrification. We didn't need it. The the richer people lived up here anyhow. <laughs> you know, it now it looks like, oh great, now it's just an eyesore in a oh you know 
So that's that's just something of you know history and what have you. I guess more of discredit to Americans there. I say for like, oh no no, we could always do it better. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I yeah, then watching movies like I Heart Huckabee is it's like, or you could or you could uh, well no like oh no you should do it eh, politics what have you. Uh, yeah, so I guess I mean I'm through my notes because this again it's an experience. This is a movie that I think everybody should watch if you can catch it at a 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter. Obviously, would be ideal. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're still showing it in theaters. I suppose they might for for a oh Memorial Day I mean, or whatever Veterans Day. I I'd say it's more of just um, well I haven't checked the schedules of the like it, it theaters are weird right now like i can't i moved down yeah. to i moved down to champaign urbana looking for a more from peoria illinois for a more liberal place and mm. we used to have a we used to have like we've got a nice theater called the uh, virginia theater which i think the park district technically owns so it's going to get its money but there was a co-op theater called the art theater mm. and i guess it was the oldest co-op you know co-op in um the in the country and it didn't make it past the pandemic because I guess they needed twenty five thousand yeah. dollars for upgrades and uh but they would show yeah. stuff like they would show a lot of movie like older movies like um yeah well and... this isn't very old but it's old it's not in theaters anymore um right well no I mean this is a six year old movie so there's there's obviously movie cinemas I think are probably making more money on nostalgia right now than they are on new movies which is a sad state of affairs maybe. but yeah I w- I wouldn't be surprised to see this maybe a little bit uh, at a uh, Alamo Draft House they often oh, do pre- uh, precisely for right know. well I'm just saying there's fathom events at certain theaters yeah yeah. um is that yeah that that's more widespread alma does their own sort of like uh, uh they'll do like saturday morning uh cartoon events uh where you can get like cereal and stuff uh and, and just all kinds of things well um, i think i think the alamo, alamo draft house i thought that was uh a lot of tarantino investment in there or something did he invest in the company you mean uh yeah maybe uh, yeah no i'm just wiki him right now uh 1997 in austin texas so that's robert rodriguez obviously um yeah i don't know if he was involved in the company um but the point is they're they're a little they're pretty commercial but they are all they are also somewhat art house in the sense that they they will do foreign films and and and, right um i've seen i saw like a uh a showing of Oscar nominated shorts at an Alma Draft House once. They do all sign all kinds of um they might do like a a Veterans Day showing of, of various military movies. I don't know if they would do this one. This one's kind of a it's kind of unique. Well um, you're right. Maybe. Well I'm just looking through at least like okay history is gonna be a little too much to to nail down but I'm looking like Alabama, Arkansas California, obviously, Colorado, Illinois. They have one up in Wrigleyville, which again is where I like to hang out um, in Chicago. You have an Alamo Draft House there, you mean? Yeah, right. So that's something I got to do before the. I got one of my jobs. I got close to seventy out 
over 70 hours of vacation time i gotta use up so i better get mm, yeah yeah prim- primarily texas so and you're, you're based out of there close to dallas correct yep all That's right so yeah so and never mind the concept of alamo should just tell me oh yeah you're gonna have a <laughs> lot easier access to all that stuff yeah they're right i mean i'm not i'm not near the alamo but yeah they spread here first i think um, right precisely went, went across the country um yeah yeah, I don't. I don't have much more. I have other notes on Don Kirk, but nothing to really like. Really lean into. Um, I like it. I, I've watched it too many times now because I, I watched it uh, once in theaters when it came out uh, a couple times. The last time we were planning on talking about it, and then a couple yeah. more times today. Um, so right. I'm good for a while, but it's. I think it's well worth checking out. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of slow, but also no one, and I guess Hans Zimmer do a good job of kind of ratcheting tension oh. in various scenes in different ways. Oh, no, this is the most subtle. I th- I would, that's, that's another thing to say about soundtrack. It's one of the most subtle soundtracks, honestly. Mm-hmm. It creep it creeps up on you. It's never loud and boisterous. Yes. It's like, yeah. So yeah, might, yeah. So, I'm just going to go and take a look. One, three Oscars of, well, let's see. I did it. Yeah. I always forget. Yeah, to yeah. So, right. Yeah, getting it to load. All oh, right. Award. Yeah, awards. Uh, okay. Oscar winner, best film editing. Definitely. Uh, nominee music written for Zimmer. Yep, sound editing definitely, and sound mixing as well. Yeah, well, let's see. See the two, two, two wins. Uh, three more. Oh, three more nominations. The Academy Awards. Yeah, Academy yeah. Awards were it won sound editing. Uh, best sound and... sound mixing. Yeah. So yeah. no, it. it this, this so it recognized all the technical elements of it, and I guess again, just being the experience element, you're not going to get an acting award out of it, sadly. Uh, but, yeah, there's not a whole lot to it. I I enjoyed all the performances. I think everyone. Did oh great. yes, right. Um, uh, Rylands is excellent. Uh, Hardy mm-hmm. is Hardy is great, uh, and there's just not a lot enough dialogue for your people on the beach. Yeah. You get the most out of of Mark Rylance and, and company, um, yeah. I think mm. uh, a little bit with the the guys on the beach too, but certainly less. A little bit, but it doesn't really get too intense until we get into the uh, boat. Hoping yeah, for the boat tide stuff. to come in. Yeah, and, uh, and then a I little mean, bit that's... at the end. Honestly, the boat scene is which where we're at in the movie on my peripheral. It's like that. That might be the most yeah. intense sequence. Just you know, oh, it's just target practice. Look at the uh, look at the placing, and then yeah, the grouping. Um, yeah, yeah. I started it when you did a little bit after, but yeah, that scene was was pretty wild. Uh, I thought it was odd that it's the French guy that gets caught on like the chains or something whenever the boat's flooding later on. Right. Just yeah. Sort of dies. Yeah. It's not a choice. Well, I mean, then you're getting into the fictional element, I suppose. Like, yeah, why didn't we hear the yeah. stories about the French guys who snuck out and stole, yeah. you know, 
English apparel to get out of there. Um, I don't know. It's like it, it kind of poses the question of bravery. It's like everybody wants to get out of there, but you know, your assignment, yeah. dare I say. Yeah. I read a like, little bit about um, how I, they were, I think what, you know, again, Kenneth, Kenneth brought up and, and James Darcy said at one point that they were publicly told to uh, escort English and French out, but we need our army back. They were, they were. You're right. On, right. On no, we're, we're not. So, yeah. We're right. Officially. We said we're taking everybody. Yeah. Realistically, we got to take the, you know, it's our army yeah. we want. Um, so I guess that's why the French guy was there. And then once I kind of told that story, they were like, all right, I guess we'll just kill him. Uh, yeah. Up, but... <clears throat> well, it's um, not like he's coming. And it was about, it was about Harry Styles feeling bad when they, when they got back. Um, right. More English. It's a, yeah. No. Yeah. And when you get to the ending, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like, difficult to get behind the guys who were feeling like you know they uh oh what did we accomplish type thing it's kind of like uh like especially like oh you saw that guy he didn't even look at us and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's very hard right it's kind of like like i know you're expressing that oh we're down about what happened and nobody likes us because of what happened and it's like Mm -hmm. i i mean you know i didn't i guess as an american we didn't really see any kind of like nobody expected to be until vietnam nobody expected to be like um no we're gonna discredit our troops i guess it's like i think I don't yeah. know about World War II protests and what have you. I mean, Ireland was its own state, was its own independent state by this point. So, yeah. I don't think it was that. It's, I think it's, it was, it it's, was it, well, I'm that. just saying it's not like it's not like World War One where the Irish were basically saying, "Well, if the Germans win, that might mm-hmm. work in our favor." Um, sure while uh, no i think it was more that it was such a tremendous loss like in, in terms of military loss right right they, all, they had to retreat i don't know i think civilians would have been more like okay let's get ready for round two i mean they're they are the spectators yes yeah, they were that's what they showed at the end but yeah. uh, the soldiers apparently uh if the if the story is to believed here to be believed here um didn't feel that way they felt bad about having to run away which is well, yeah, I no, and I respect, I, well, I was a, I guess, going back to my uh, high school wrestling, I was a, uh, like, I didn't make the varsity team my freshman year, and we had a hell of a team, so I don't, don't necessarily think that, think, think down on myself. The next year, oh, I get to wrestle on the varsity team, but it was basically, yeah, you're here to fill up the holes in our lineup. True. So, so I got beat a lot. Uh, nine and twenty-five, I think, my, was my record. To my credit, never pinned. Um, okay, but uh, which I do get a little. I do get um, some 
some praise for like, oh, you never gave up all six points, just five. Mm-hmm. When the referee had to stop the match because you were getting your ass kicked too much. Um, but uh, I guess another controversy about this, and it came obviously in our, um, and I don't want to discredit the concept of politically correct society, but like we don't get much time to enjoy anything <laughs> before somebody takes a piss out of it. Um, yeah. So the, the historical accuracy. So I mean, I'm on Wiki. So obviously the Germans didn't paint their uh, didn't paint their uh, ships with the ye- their their planes with the yellow until later in the war. Um, so that's just an effect. So you can tell who's who's in the dogfight. Um, yeah, I, think I, don't, that, I, think I don't know if that's political. All right, well, what'd you say? But, that, that's uh, just well, kind what, of a, a detail they got wrong. Yeah, right. Well, no, I, no. Well, you say a detail I got wrong, and I said, well, no. And when you, again, I think, like, yes, it's a great experience, and that's how you would see a dogfight, not really knowing who's who, but, you know, to take the time to label it for us in the flight scenario. Um, yeah. Visual stuff like that is helpful. Right. Yeah. And I know that there were issues with um, the lack of uh, credit towards the Indian and I think Canadian forces in this um, because of the, Oh yeah. You know, colonialism. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. I'm just got my, yeah. So it was pretty so, focused uh, on the British and a little bit of the French experience. Right. Um, I feel like that's reasonable to, to tighten up on that. Yeah. It wasn't meant to I mean, be, so holistic no it's it's a it's it's a narrative and there's only so much you can tell like um and maybe a lack of uh notable notable indian actors dare i say like how much do we expect dev patel to do (laughs) (laughs) i'm just being Uh, i'm just i'm just being human humorous there but (laughs) mm. um so it's yeah so all right, let me take some other looks around, see what's going on. So, yeah, honestly, it's a nice little tight podcast. Um, I mean, um, yeah, just, um, but as I say, uh, that I guess that's just it. Like, uh, my thing about this movie is like, this is an experience, and you really don't get enough of those, I'd say, in cinema, and um. Yeah. Like we're like let's just be real. Like All right, a Marvel movie can look awesome, you know. And I'm the type who will sit like three rows back IMAX opening night on the Star Wars movie. So I want to be, in, you know, mm. engulfed. Engulfed, but um there's so many Marvel movies. It's tough to catch them all in theaters. <laughs> so um, Yeah, they're really cranking them out now. Oh, exactly. Um, so I still got to get to Guardians three and uh, uh, Quantumania just because of oh those are Avenger movies essentially. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I hear I like I hear nothing but great things about Shang Chi, and again, one. you know, differing peer uh, uh, peer uh opinions on how Eternals got it right or wrong. <laughs> so. 
Um, but I, what I'm just saying is, like, we don't get a chance to go out to the movie theaters a lot. As much as, you know, we had hoped to. Uh, I mean, I'm not dating anybody, so I don't have the excuse, I suppose, right now. <laughs> like, Yeah. Oh, what are we going to do this weekend? Oh, shit. Movie. <laughs> yeah, it does help. Uh, yeah, so... Um, so, but this is, like, rarely do, do you get true experiences. Like, this would have been awesome in IMAX. And, yeah. you know, let, let's be forthcoming. Nothing is ever shot in IMAX because it's way too expensive. Um, but, I think this was uh, shot in 70 millimeter, which I don't know if that's the IMAX format or... or... Uh, no, IMAX is something... Like nobody's shot an entire feature in IMAX. I think the biggest oh, yeah. is thirty Interest minutes. Very expensive, right? Yeah. So, and let's just face it. I don't think there's going to be a demand for IMAX. Sadly, uh, I work in an mm. electronics store that's not going to sell physical media after, at least when it comes to uh, features and television after the holiday season. So, um. No, we are we are stapled to our streaming services, sadly. But it is just great to see that there are reasons to go out to the cinema, and you're going to regret it if you don't. And huh, I don't want to say I have a lot of regrets in my life, and usually I like to say they're more significant. <laughs> but mm. yeah, no, not seeing Dunkirk in um, theaters, that is going to be a regret. I think Oppenheimer was a good one too to check out in theaters. Right. Uh, uh, I got uh shoot. It's like I, I got Wednesday. Oh, it is. I saw a sign driving uh driving back home from like picking out the right Walmart, dare I say, <laughs> to mm. get my groceries. You know, yeah, I'm going ten minutes out of my way, but uh eh. Sure. I know I know they're gonna have those chicken wings I like. Um and I'm driving back past the. Uh, we only got two theaters in Champaign Urbana, multiplexes, I should mm. say. And uh, yeah, yeah, so it's still advertising Oppenheimer and IMAX. And I know, I know, it comes out uh, at least digitally on the 21st. I wouldn't oh, be surprised. Huh. Yeah, Barbie's out, which is I know. Oh no, it's it's out on physical. I can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Warner um, Brothers yeah, is missing out. out. Yeah, no, I. I it's tough because I got uh I got God, I just got uh like I'm off way I got two weeknights off, but it's like those are wrestling mm. nights. <laughs> so yeah. maybe if somebody's got a nine thirty I can go and check out Oppenheimer. But <laughs> Yeah. Um uh, yep, yeah, so well, um gosh, fan um thinking about ex girlfriends, my ex girlfriend like, how's the podcast going and all that? And then it's like you're only listening to the shorter episodes, aren't you? <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> uh, so I guess I can call <laughs> Allie out on that. Uh, are you here, Allie? Um, <laughs> but no, this is nice and concise. Or concise, you know. Um, it's 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 honestly feels nice when we're not talking. Like I'm so used to doing two hour podcasts about a ninety minute movie. It's like, you know, we weren't. Yeah, it feels there. a little silly. It, I think the uh, yeah. I think our Men in Black one was a little bit longer. Uh, right i was yeah. a little more passionate was... about that one to be honest right yeah. exactly was... yeah no and and again it goes back to experience versus i dare i say fandom you know like 
Yeah. I mean, I was a kid when, well, I was 17 when Men in Black came out, but it's like, you know, that's yeah. when you got two younger siblings, you know, that's going to be a, that's going to be a part of my past. And yeah, you know, this movie, this movie's only six years old. So yeah. I mean, if you were history, not, it might kind of scratch a similar itch, but um, yeah. Yeah. No, no we're not. just right. Well, all the things I would love to be, but <laughs> sure. Oh, all right. So you already teased about your next project uh, and I hope it's a mm-hmm. grand project. Uh, anything else you want to plug, you know, anything, uh, a place where uh, they, no, I'm, I'm, people want to hear your voice. <laughs> uh, really and I say, I say, I'm, yeah. I'm back on letterbox, but I'm not posting reviews. Uh, mm. like yet anyway, I might start writing some again. Um, All right, cool. But I'm, I'm there. All Russian. right. I'm sure it'll be in yep. the, uh, link it if you want. Uh, right. yeah, nothing um, else really. Okay. All right. So that's s martian correct yeah yeah okay. same as on discord right Need reference i might even have it linked there um, oh, all right yeah uh, okay so uh obviously you can uh with 90 official podcast follow us on uh twitter at catbus russ primarily despite that service like you know <laughs> i i, I hope you yeah, I hope Elon Musk realizes that you don't get money for a bankruptcy. You, mm. Like nobody, like your debts are gone. Yes, but yeah, there's no there's no profit to it. So mm. you're a sad you're a sad loser. <laughs> but for now, and, you're still there. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. Um. So at Catbus Russ, uh, Mastodon preferably at russ stevens at mastodon.social uh, if you want to be on the podcast send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com offer uh, me a movie a theme a director an actor just try to focus on sub 100 minute material but if you follow the feed you know about marathons so you know i will make exceptions so as long as you're willing to put the work in so uh most recent marathon was the thing which is a movie that's only two minutes too long for this uh podcast <laughs> but you know hey get to hear about other seven body match uh six body snatching movies so it's cool there um yeah otherwise i need to thank my uh best friend stacia harden for keeping an eye on my ass uh the last 19 years making sure i stay out of tr- too much trouble um, and I hope she's uh, squeezing the ever undead shit out of my uh, little buddy Skimble Shanks, the one-eared angel. So uh, thank you for coming back on the show, Sam. And I look for, yeah. you know, keep a, keep an eye out on movies you want to chat about, and I'll be happy to hear about them. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Uh, thank you, and have yourselves a good week. Can I hear a wahoo?